0: You know they want staring point, you know we straight to the point Boy Chris with assists, fast breaks like a joint splurin' hair Boy J with the J, we throwin' heat, no gas. That's a touchdown pass. You know just how we comin', so it's nothing left to say. Now they hardly can guard me like dirt fade away. You know just how we comin', so it's nothing left to say. Yeah, you know just how we comin', so it's nothing left to say. They want staring point, you know we straight to the point. They want staring point, you know we straight to the point. They want staring point, you know we straight to the point. They want staring you know the point, want you know we straight to the straight to the Amy
1: 76 bringing us into episode number 97. Up straight to the point, my name is Chris here, my got J-Dub.
0: What's going on?
1: Yo, and I know we've been on a hiatus and we've been taking a break, but we're back with a bang and we got so much to talk about. Your boy, Russell Wilson, traded to Denver. Wentz traded to Washington. Ben Simmons back in Philly. Calvin Ridley was on that fan duel, getting caught up. Baseball knockout and a three-way tie at MVP, seemingly in the NBA. But, Jared, let's first start. With the biggest, biggest story of today, of the year, of maybe, and the biggest thing in quite a long time. And that's Ben Simmons, even though he's not playing, making his long awaited return in front of fans at the Wells Fargo Center as a member of the Nets. Jared, what are you expecting the atmosphere is like? What do you expect the atmosphere is going to be like tonight?
0: It's got to be playoff little atmosphere. I think just the game in general is a big game hard. is going to be playing the former teammates. You have the return of Ben Simmons. You have these two teams that are potentially going to see each other in the playoffs, maybe even the first round going at it. And you look at this return of Ben Simmons, it's probably going to be highly high security there because you don't want anything to go off. He's already filed with a grievance for the potential backlash he's going to receive from the fan base for tonight's game because the boos are going to be there. You're hearing rumors that there's gonna be a thank you for Harden chant. You don't know if that's true or that's false, but there's a lot of things that's gonna take place, but he's gonna get a brunt of this game. It's gonna be a lot of the fan base against him. So I just expect the whole playoff atmosphere violence. Six is gonna take this game serious. This is a win they must need, especially going against a team that Harden formerly played for. And this team has so much competition going in when it comes to like what they could do in the playoff run with a healthy Ben and a potentially full-time Kyrie. So this is the statement win you kind of need. So I think it's going to be a lot going on. I expect a lot from Joel Embiid this game to really showcase his dominance and showcase how much he doesn't need Ben now that he has Harden. So I think it's going to be a very good game.
1: Oh, I think this is is beyond playoff-level basketball. This might be, like, fight night-level anticipation. Like, you know when there's, like, a, a heavyweight fight and everybody wants to see it, everybody's got that buzz. Like this is, I think this is almost up there with LeBron going back to Cleveland. Like I think this is audible, just like disdain that people have for Ben Simmons. Now I know what you all are thinking. Chris, will you be in attendance? I've received a formal letter from the Wells Fargo Center asking me kindly to not show up today. Um they knew I had baseball bats in the trunk and they asked me to refrain because they don't want to, you know, be responsible for paying Ben Simmons any more money. And you know, I'm broke. So I, I'm going to sit this one out today. It hurts me. It pains me, you know, because I wanted to be there to, to call them four-letter names. Um, soft, one of them. Uh, Bum, that's two M's. But you look at this, this game now, Simmons' you know, presence, the fact that he's going to be there, ratchets it up, you know, because if he just wasn't going to show up, I think this is still going to be like a highly anticipated heavyweight sh- you know, showdown. Because people want to see how they they square off against Brooklyn. It doesn't matter what Brooklyn's record is; they still have two high level players in Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. You know, this is this is an opportunity for the Sixers with James Harden to, to see if they t- if they can play, you know, consistently with this current nucleus up to to playing at the level of a talent of Brooklyn. Now let's take records off the table because it doesn't matter. Talent-wise, Brooklyn is probably the, the the at the tippy top of their two top players. They might have the best two top players talent-wise in the NBA. You know what I'm saying? So you have to see what their what the the Sixers come out and do. Doc Rivers had mentioned that they want he wants his team just to focus on basketball. And yeah, that's good to say. And that's you know we and you know we hope that they can do that. But we don't know human nature. They want to go out there and, and 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 if there is any animosity, let's just stomp on Ben Simmons and stomp on the Nets and because they're the biggest threat, they're the rival. You know, they they pretty much manhandle Chicago all the time. They they played Miami tough without their second best player, arguably on all the road, on, you know, on a back to back. So if you're if you're asking me who who does the team you don't want to see in the Eastern Conference playoffs. If you're a Sixers fan, you're probably saying Brooklyn. Like I don't really, you know, if I can avoid Brooklyn at all costs, so be it. But if you can prove that to yourself that, hey, it doesn't matter. Even if we get Brooklyn, we can beat him in the seven game series. I think this game is a is a big is a big step forward for that. Now on the flip side, if they lose, oof. ESPN, FS1, CSN. All these outlets will not be too cons to of the Sixers.
0: Um, I think if we lose this one, it's not going to be. Like, I don't think the world's going to end. I don't think the yeah the world's going to end. I know the media is probably going to shame a little bit, but then again, you're still going up against Katie Kyrie. The only person that's going to be out this game is Ben Sim. You're still going up against Katie Kyrie. It's going to it look. It's going to be a. They're going to again. going to be like a foregone conclusion that they're automatically going to reach out and say, "Hey." If the Sixers are losing to this team without Ben, imagine what's going to happen when they get Ben back, especially come the postseason. That's going to be the biggest argument that comes up. Mm-hmm. But I, I think the Sixers are taking this just as seriously as when it comes to they need this win. Just like when they play a Boston, when they play the like, Bucs, you need this win to build a momentum going into the postseason because you don't know. Like right now, Brooklyn's fighting to keep an AFC. Like, I don't think they're in the AFC spot. They're basically a play-in team. They're fighting into the AC. You don't know where the six are going to end up. Six might fall from anywhere between one and three, where we win the East or we just in the top three spots. So you don't know what's going to happen. But if let's say, for instance, the Nets do win the play and they get to the seventh seed or they do the AC and we're the one and the two, we we're have to play them in the first round. So this is why this game has such huge playoff implications importance. Where you just got to go in with the right tone and to set the game momentum early on. I think Embiid and Harden are going to do that. I like what I've seen from them so far. Really need Tobias to step up, but Maxie's kind of filled in the role that we thought Tobias was going to be when we got Harden. Yes. So I'm liking what I've seen so far.
1: I think that's a bigger issue that the Sixers need to figure out is how do they maximize the most out of Tobias Harris? Like Tobias Harris is going into a new role where you don't have to do all the shot creating that you had to done without Ben Simmons being there. You have a Harden, you have a Maxi stepping up. Tobias is the player's part. Don't overplay your part. Get in the corner shoot some shoot some easy threes, getting momentum. He's not really a corner three shooter. He's more like a wing like a wing three shooter. You know, get him out in the wing, get to catch and shoot threes. If you have an opportunity to drive, drive, but don't overthink it. And I think he's thinking too much, and I think he needs to just let the game come to him naturally. You know, he's more than talented enough to, to – he's more than talented than – he's more talented than eight points a game. You know what I'm saying? You know, he's more than just an eight-point-per-game player, so he needs to kind of get himself together. But I like what I've seen with the Sixers – addition of Harden, you know, we haven't really talked much about how they looked with Harden there. Who do you think is the player that benefited the most by having Harden there real quick before we up. Tyrese Max. Oh,
0: well, Joel Embiid is the one that benefits the most from Mm. this James Harden. We've seen like, Embiid said in their first game together, he's never been so open and that's a factual statement. Really tune in and watch the games. Joel Embiid has never been this open where it comes to the spacing on the court when he can play out to the three point line and there's not a guy like there's always gonna be somebody that plays off a little bit, but it's now wide open at times, especially in the pick and roll. And then you look at how in the pick and roll he's able to either drive to the basket, go to the post mm-hmm. or just play the lane and just drive to the lane. It's just so easier for him. But if we're talking about somebody else that's just really been fluid, it's really just Tyrese Maxey. The guy's averaging 24 points a game with the addition of James Harden. Mm-hmm. It lets him play off the ball, which is something that he couldn't do at the beginning of the season because he had to be a traditional point guard type, which is not really his role. He's just a straight scorer and defender right now next to Hardy. It just fits him so well.
1: I think that the the player that maximizes the most, like the absolute most by having James Harden there, and this might shock you, is Matisse Deibel, because now he's having to take these open threes that he's getting. He's going to get them. He has to take them. And he's taking them more regularly. He's able to cut. There's not another player there, like when Ben Simmons was there, in that spot. You know, cog in the lane. And now instead of playing three on five on offense, if you have Feibel and Simmons on the court, Simmons is not, I'm sorry, Fible is not as much of an offensive liability because James Harden commands so much attention that Fible can get easy layups, easy, you know, easy cuts to the basket, three point looks at, in the corners and things like that. So if you're talking about someone who has, because I, I agree with you, Maxi has flourished and B has flourished. But I'm saying the player that's benefited the most by having Harden there is Stiebel because now he's not so much of a liability on offense because he's forced now, like, he's not, he's not able to shy away from these open opportunities. He's getting easy cuts at the rim, easy looks at the rim. Now he can max – now his defense is maximized because he's actual – he's actually some type of threat on offense. You see what I'm saying? So I think that having James Harden there has definitely improved the likelihood of, of Matisse Stiebel's offensive game. And I think that, you know, even if he becomes, you know, takes a Maxi like you know, jump in his shooting, because Maxi was a much, he's a much improved shooter than he was last year. If Stiebel even has marginal improvement in his three-point game, adding to what he can do he's athletic enough to you know to be a, a, a dunker a lobber if necessary i think he can do that you know now you unlock a whole different side of the Sixers' offense that you didn't have before you see what i'm saying no i get it so moving on you know oh oh by the way hey thanks ben for Harden, man because this this guy is great but speaking of uh, the Sixers and we talked a lot about Joel Embiid and and Jerry you talked about how open he has been with Harden he's played the majority of this season without Harden and led the he's flirting with the the two three seed without a 38 million dollar guy who forced his way out of town and his numbers are great he's leading the league in scoring he has um, you know his numbers are comparable with last two MVPs in Giannis and Jokic, and a lot of people are saying that that Embiid's time is now to be the MVP. Jared, talk to me about this three-way kind of tie. It looks like almost um, for the MVP race between Giannis and uh, Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid.
0: Um, I think it's crazy that Giannis has kind of like upsurged himself into the top three. I, 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 me personally, I wouldn't put him there. I know I have Embiid and Jokic. I think for me, Jaws third. I really do. I have John Moran's third. I know that the Grizzlies have won without him. They they what 10 straight, 11 straight without him. But when he's on the court, what he does and how he's solidified and kept him at this third seed spot, that's huge. I really like what I've seen from him. But focusing on Embiid, Giannis, and no, Jokic, if you
1: if you think if you think John is in that in that third, I really do. I like John
0: a lot. Like John's the jump he's taken year after year has just been. He's only in his what, third year now. It's very astonishing. This team, I think, is a year ahead of where they should be, and in, in a year where where it should be where I think they were going to be competitive, they're two years ahead of where they should be in the seating. So you know, they've really done. It's a, it's a whole huge culture shock. They're a fun team to watch, but between I really think right now it's still Embiid up there. He's one, and Jokic is right there underneath him like so close it's like he's hugging them because that's how back and forth they're going when it comes to the games they're playing the records they're breaking on the court especially when it comes to the scoring and the triple doubles Jokic I think is now tied or next the only player on the list next to Wilt to have a 40 point triple double when it comes to like block and he has blocks four steals stuff like that and beads the only player I've ever seen drop 50 in like 23 or 26 minutes like it's ridiculous the things that they've done this season And I mean, I've written an article on just like how close these two players are when it comes to who's better than who. This this season alone, just showcasing that they're right neck and neck. The MVP that Yogesh has is the differential in his passing. But Embiid now, with the addition of Harden, it showcases that he's spaced the floor. He's a serviceable passer and his defense is still top tier, especially his drop coverages. So I think Embiid is the front runner, especially if he continues to stay healthy and put up these type of numbers that he's put up. Some of the most 30 point games I've ever seen in his career has been this season. So. Man, it's, it's, it's wild, this NBA
1: season. I, I disagree with you on one position about Ja over Giannis, but if you look at Giannis, Giannis is averaging just about the same just about the same amount of points as Embiid. They're kind of going back and forth for the scoring title. Giannis's numbers, for the most part, are better than Ja's, and I think that Giannis plays a more significant role on his team than Ja Morant does. Now, I'm not saying Ja Morant doesn't play a significant role on Memphis. I'm saying Giannis in Milwaukee is – the, uh, a big that can stretch the floor along with Portis, can run the floor, can bring the ball up if you need him to, can play pretty much. You know they 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 used to run him at point forward. They got him at the four. They got him at the five. He's switching. He's lobbing. He's setting paces. He's taking threes now. So I think that the overall improvement of his game and and where Milwaukee's you know Milwaukee's at, I think he's a little bit more important. Uh, to his team and a little bit more valuable to his team than John Morant is at this moment. Not saying that Morant is bad. Not saying Morant isn't spectacular. Is not saying Morant, don't yam on guys because he does all those things. But for, for the MVP argument that I'm I'm having here, I think I would put Giannis above him. Now, when it comes to Jokic and B, all the things that you mentioned I think are true. Jan, uh, Jokic is a great passer. Jokic is a great... He's so... Like, you know, that when people used to joke about how Jokic was like he playing the flip flops, like he does not look athletic. So it looks almost effort like he's not even trying a lot of times. And I think that's what people were so in love with Steph Curry with. Like, they, you know, y'all, you know, everybody watches TNT. It makes it look effortless, you know. But with Jokic, it's like not as much that he doesn't rely on his athleticism, even though he's athletic. You know, it's it's kind of a weird dynamic with him. He's putting up great numbers. He's a great facilitator. He's a great passer, serviceable defender. But I think when he gets him, when he gets around more athletic bigs, he kind of reg- not regresses, but he's not as spectacular. You know, case in point, him trying to run around and catch Anthony Davis and do all the other stuff. That's not that's not Jokic's game. Now, if Jokic want to you know abuse Gobert, cool. You know, he can put him against. Uh, 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 use of Nurkic and things like that. He cool, you know, chicken, but put him against an NB, he might struggle a little bit. Um, and we'll see that definitely on Monday when the Sixers Nuggets play head to head in Philly. I think that game has a long way to go as far as determining who the MVP is because it could be, you know, usually when you get shootouts in between players, there's usually two guards going back and forth. You might see two bigs drop 40. You know, 40, 10, and, and and then be, you know, forty, ten, and ten, just to keep pace with Jokic, because Jokic could do forty, ten, and ten and and add a couple of stills. And I think it's gonna be a, I think that's gonna be a very good one.
0: Yeah, right now I was I, I, I can say it with a full chest that Nicole Jokic is the best international basketball player in the NBA right now, hands down. Is he the best international player ever?
1: I would say so, even yeah. even without a title.
0: Even even yeah, even without a title, yeah, I think right now it's him, Hakeem, Giannis. Like those are the top three,
1: and he's, nope. just, that good. Nope. Like, nope. he's no just that. No no love for my guy, for Dirk. Yeah,
0: Dirk's behind Giannis, but I, I gave you top three.
1: So you think Dirk is the fourth? We're gonna we're gonna save that. We're gonna say that argument. We're gonna say that because that's that's need to handle there. Moving on, we're gonna kind of switch it up, pivot it to the NFL. Jared, I know you you saw this story break, and I know you you immediately thought of me when Calvin Ridley was suspended for the season for being caught betting on the Atlanta Falcons games, which he did not play. And he was not around the team to win. Some people say that should be, you know, that should be grounds for you know suspension for even being bold enough to bet on the Falcons. But Jared, talk to me about you know Calvin Ridley's suspension and, and a lot of the questions that it now causes in the NFL. Um the, the
0: suspension, I think was warranted, not the year. I don't think the year was warranted. I think that's an egregious thing to do. Give him a one year for sports gambling, even though he's away from the team, he took off from his mental health. I don't know if that plays an issue. He had a lot of tweeting going on. There's so many tweets that he put on himself kind of trying to clarify the issue, speaking out on it, et cetera, et cetera, where I think in my personal opinion, he should he could have been gambling on any other sport and it had have been fine. Any other sport, Chris, he'd have been fine. You just cannot bet on the sport that you currently play, which is a huge rule. I believe this is what only the second time that somebody's been suspended in the NFL for betting. So it's like you understand you understand how they take it serious because again, it kind of ruins the integrity of the game. But this is the hypocrisy I think that comes from him getting a one-year suspension, knowing that we've seen NFL players to this day be have done some more outrageous and truly atrocious things when it comes like the mexic violence drugs shootings um what what was the insider training and they get four to six games three to four games suspension he got a year he got one year and i think that's like the big thing for me is just the hypocrisy of the nfl How they'll suspend you for a year because you now mess with their bottom dollar which is their band, they have their whole gambling Transactions they have, they're in now invested into it, the whole game with the FanDuel and the DraftKings and stuff like that. Where because he kind of messed up, even though it's fifteen hundred dollars bet, he kind of got involved and messed with their bottom line. Yeah. Now the suspension is going to be one year, whereas all those other things, well, those are those are outside of the NFL, so we'll suspend them three to four games to show face. But okay. it's not as yeah. egregious as us. You mess with my NFL. Month. I
1: get. I get what you're saying. I do get what you're saying about you know because it didn't have, it didn't affect the game. But nine times out of ten, if you have a a job, right? Uh, let's say you do something outside of your job. If you not, depends on what you do, you don't get suspended. Like, okay, yeah, I, I'm not saying that people haven't done egregious things, but I don't. I, I, I agree with you. He, sh- he shouldn't have got a year. But the reason the NFL comes down hard like this is now it opens them up to all kinds of. Because already, people already think the game, some of these games are fixed. Some people already think that some of these games, you know, people be throwing games and the refs be cheating. You, you, how many times have you heard refs be cheating for X, Y, Z team? Oh, they not going to let, you know, run the cover play. Stuff like that. Like, let, let them cover. People, all these, these times people have been, you know, not necessarily whispering, but people have been saying these things. And now you catch a guy gambling who's gambling for the team that he's playing for. Now you open up to, Now you open up to to uh, like you know all these accusations. You know you hear the Brian Flores the Brian Flores lawsuit, which is still out there, of Stephen Ross offered me a hundred thousand dollars to throw games. Now you got players betting on you know what I'm saying like it's going to look real real bad. And the M- the NFL had to have known this. These leagues had to have known this with getting in bed with these sports books. You know what I'm saying? Partner up with these sports books. Because like with the Evander Kane thing with in hockey, when his wife said, you know, when his old lady put out there on Instagram that he was gambling on games that he was playing in. You know, you have to, you know, I understand why there are things in place like this. Because some of you are like, well, why does it matter if he wasn't there and he wasn't playing? It matters because he is a representative of that organization. He's out there betting. I, I, it's not he better than the lose. I understand that, but he has to be, he has to know like, yo, this is not a bad, this is, this is a bad look for me. If I'm already kind of involved, it, it creates a conflict of interest. Like the NFL doesn't have, you know, uh, rules where you can't bet at all. You just can't bet on the NFL. Like go bet NBA, go bet Hockey, go bet baseball when it comes back, but just do not bet the NFL. And he, ha- listen, maybe he thought he had the money, the fire part. Like, who knows? But he should have known better if the NFL, like, and I don't know what they say at these at these meetings and these code of conduct in these contracts. So maybe it is a situation where he knew, like, yo, if you get caught gambling, you boom, you're done for the year. So if you knew that going in and you take that risk and you get caught and you get popped, so be it. But he he came out and said that, oh, I don't have a gambling addiction and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And all these, all these, all these uh, highlights that are coming out of him uh not picking up first downs and you know, anything can be put into like made it look like it was fishy and some things were going on. So it just opens the league up to a whole bunch of just. Question and then KD comes out and says, "Well, I hope I hope all your parlays don't hit and all that all that goofy stuff." It just it just is a bad look, and the NFL and the NBA and all these leagues have to just play damage control with this. Yeah, very.
0: The day they the NFL is going to make the punishment fit the crime. I just don't think this one was as deep. We both agree on that. Again, really knew what he was doing when he gambled. On, on nfl there's no offensive but you knew that was against league policy as soon as you got drafted they have rules and teachings about gambling they make sure they try to keep nfl players up to date on what like systematic punishments punishments will happen if you do gamble on the sport that you currently play for even if you're away from the team he he should have knew the risk and i think he, he he knew the risk he still just did it anyway so at that point in time i think he and once he admitted on twitter that he knew what he did was wrong okay So you knew what you were doing was wrong. You still did it anyway. You have to accept the punishment. I think a year was too much, but it's the punishment they were giving to him to try and deter, because this is, again, not just a punishment for him, but for the rest of the NFL. They tried to show this is what you can get if you decide to bet games. This is what's going to happen to you. So right now, Camarillo is out another year. He was potentially on a lot of teams' list for trades. I still think some team might consider trading from come the deadline this new season, once the season starts back up, because again, that'll be half the year is over. You can get less. Heat. The value is going down now, Chris. Remember, I think I, before I told in the podcast that he was worth the first, the value's going down. He just got spending for a years. Mm-hmm. That first is now turning to a second, not even a second, a third or fourth round pick is what you can potentially trade him for. Get That's the highest. I think you get as firm as a third, which other teams might still look at. I think he still has a lot of good football ahead of him, I can't wait to see him back on the field. Maybe he'll file agreements to try and get these games, those that twelve games, the 17, 17 games lessened to maybe a twelve-game suspension, ten-game eight. suspension. Eight, thank you, eight-game suspension. Maybe, maybe he'll do that. Maybe he'll file agreements for that. But as of right now, he's mm-hmm. suspended, and we'll just have to see how the NFL moves proceeding forward.
1: Definitely, maybe it's a situation where NFL just kind of, you know, how you, you have to have the to dis- over-discipline to send yeah, a message, and then, then, and the whole, then you okay.
0: So I'm hoping that's the case, and he'll we'll, we'll see him back on the field soon. Speaking
1: of being back on the field soon, your boy Carson Wentz. I wash my hands of old boy, um, but mm. your boy your boy Carson Wentz gets traded to the Washington Commanders. They have a I name now, finally. They yes. have a name. Yes, I can no longer have to refer to him as WTF. I'm sorry, WF2. Uh, but Wentz traded to the Commanders for a couple of draft picks He's probably, he's more than likely going to be their starting quarterback week one. You yeah, know, Jared, talk to me about about Wentz back in the NFC East. I mean, he's he's familiar with the Giants, familiar with the Cowboys. Gets to play the Eagles twice a year.
0: Is it, you know, what's what's the Outlook? Um, not big on Washington. They just recently cut Landon Collins, I believe, as of today. I think that's the they were going to do that regardless. Carson Wentz to Washington it just it, it feels like a, a big leap I feel like they rushed it especially how I understand that the QB market this season this offseason, awesome, the QB draft wasn't that great like the class is a developmental class when you look at the QB market there was Carson Wentz on the table Jimmy G was still there you waiting to see what's going on with the Sean Watson you have Russell Wilson Jameis Winston there's guys that were available that I think they went in and just rushed to get a QB to fill a spot once Denver scooped in the high commodity target in Russell Wilson, and then you find out that Aaron Rodgers consider and not even consider he will be resigning with it's the Packers, just waiting for the deal to be finalized. Mm-hmm. So I think they rushed it. I really do. I don't think it puts them back in relevancy. I think now we've seen what Carson Wentz is. Mm-hmm. If you even look at that Colts team, I know despite some of the injuries they've had, they still had a competent O-line. That O-line was very good. He had better weapons than what he had with the Eagles, and he still really couldn't get it done. I understand that he, he played better. He was able to... Play with the ball better, he, less interceptions, less turnovers. But I think a large part of that was thanks to having a stout and yes, stout running back in Jonathan no, Taylor. That no dude word. is different. He was in the MVP conversations. You now go to Washington, where they have a struggling O line. They have a good receivers still, but their running backs, because of that O line, struggle. Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick. They have their good days and they have some really bad ones. So I think that's going to put Carson into the bind. He's now back in a division where twice a year, no, once w- once a year, he will be decimated by Eagles fans and will be running in the Eagles stadium.
1: But but here's the thing about that, right? And I'm I'm glad you mentioned that part. I think that he's more likely to come back and ball. No. And, no, no, no. Let's hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me. At least the first time. He's more likely to come back and ball in Philly and 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 dot some dudes up like he's proven that he's, he can in the past. Maybe he, he did it a little bit more consistently in the past. But maybe he can Show them flashes and dot some guys. Maybe he's more motivated to come back and prove I told you so versus like what Simmons would be versus the Sixers. You see what I'm saying? Like, I get the environments are different in an in arena at 20,000 people, it's a little bit more intimate and compact. You hear more. But in that stadium with, with very vocal Eagles fans, I don't think he'll get as much vitriol as Simmons gets. You know what I'm saying? Like, because in the big moments, quote-unquote, Wentz was there. Whether or not he was great, he was there. He didn't shy away from it. Simmons shied away from it. You know what I'm saying? So I think there's a difference there. I think more people will be more forgiving of Wentz now after some time has passed. They have Hurts. Some people will be more forgiving of hurt of I'm sorry, of Wentz now than they will be of Simmons moving forward. You agree or disagree? Um I
0: think I think for Carson Wentz it's a 50-50. Honestly. Because they
1: won the, because they won the title, and a lot of people think he would have been the MVP that year in 2017. Well, everything after that, whatever. But I'm saying up until that point. For all of 2016 and most of 2017, people was riding with Wentz. Yeah. And Wentz was that. Wentz was that guy. You know what I'm saying? So I think there's more people who are more able to say whatever and not be as worked up with the Simmons thing. You know that you've been to Sixers games. They got the, the teach. They got them on the T-shirts with the Mr. Softy. You know they calling them. Um, a word i'm not going to say on this show but you know what i'm saying like wince is more just like whatever you know what i'm saying like it's it's a lot of people are over it you agree with that or am i just kind of yeah, off me? i
0: I, th- I think like Carson. was it's always there's a lot of pressure on his shoulders every year he goes to every year now but the value goes down with that pressure i think now you look at washington even if they're going to say there's a lot of pressure on Carson Wentz, there's not much pressure now going to Washington. You're going back into a division that's pretty much a cakewalk if you play good football. All right, let's, let's be realistic. All right, the NFC East is one. Of the, it's not the easiest, but it's also not super hard when you look at just what's going on around all these other teams. Dallas right now is going through their internal struggles. The Giants are the Giants. The Eagles have a lot of building to still do. And Washington right now is poised. To I'm sorry. Did you say? What D-
1: did you say Dallas is going through paternal struggles?
0: yes you oh you haven't heard the news no i'm uh, sorry did you say internal or paternal fraternal struggles jerry jones right now a woman has come out claiming that jerry jones had filed this that had her mother is he's her father jerry jones is the father of this woman that's now come out and said that she could never say these things because jerry jones had made this woman sign an NDA saying that she could never claim this child. Like, he, she could never say out loud that Jerry Jones is her dad. and The mom would never say that Jerry Jones is the father. Yeah. This is now news now, because this is breaking news for Jerry Jones. You didn't know this?
1: Oh, I knew this, but I was just, you know, I didn't know if we were going there or not. But Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's like had, an internal struggle had, in, in I got, Dallas. Yeah, I, got some, I got some breaking news as well. Um, I think Jerry Jones is my dad as well. Uh, <laughs> I, would, I, I would accept all cash donations to PO, but <laughs> it's like, no.
0: But yeah, so with things like, like Dallas is always going, you hear the beef between Amari Cooper and Dak Prescott's going on. Demarcus Lawrence will not be taking a pay cut. Like, there's so much going on with that team. You don't know where they're going to go, how the like, in, in what direction they're going to have in the season. Right now, the, again, the Eagles are rebuilding. So, Washington has a, a very good chance. From what you're saying, Washington has a good chance of doing something in this division. It, I it, think they're a 4-13 team. Okay. You that could surprise
1: me. You just, okay. So, you think they're a 4-1 team, but they could possibly win a division. Which they kinda, could which again, kinda, again. Which kind of describes all the teams in the NFC East because you can make an argument that you know the Giants with new coach Brian Dable maybe they get a spark and maybe they do something. Maybe
0: nah,
1: they, they got Daniel Jones and QB. They can't do nothing. Maybe Trubisky's the QB. Some some <laughs> that's rumors. Even worse. Some rumors. I don't know if it's worse, but some rumors that's even, around nah, that's Trubisky still coming into New York. Now I'd be a little bit more afraid of Trubisky. That's just me. But now you look at a, a, at Washington. And now with this trade of Russell Wilson, uh, basically for everybody on the Broncos, <laughs> Drew Locke and Noah Fant and, and Shelby Miller and, and picks and picks and more picks and picks on top of that. So now you're looking at, at, at this quarterback market and you got Jimmy G, Deshaun Watson pending the decision of his, his, his court cases Friday. Jameis is still out there, which I think he's going back to New Orleans. After that, if you need a quarterback, you you sol. So if you Indianapolis, like you think you are gonna get Deshaun Watson? You think you think you think Houston would trade Deshaun Watson within their division? I don't think so.
0: You said to where now?
1: Indianapolis. No, I don't think and Indianapolis.
0: That, I, I'm hearing rumors that Indianapolis is looking at Deshaun Watson. They're looking at Jimmy G.
1: Okay, so now you go. You're not. That's what I'm saying though. So now. For, for Deshaun Watson, though, no, it's another team off his list, right? So now it's Pittsburgh, right? But why would Houston trade him within the conference? So now um, I'm, in my head, right? See so what I'm saying? In my head, now there's an NFC team that needs a quarterback. With the Seahawks? No. What's another NFC West team that has quarterback issues right now? The 49ers. Oh. Cardinals,
0: the Cardinals don't have a quarterback. Think about what? it.
1: Think oh. about it. Kyler Murray wants an extension, supposedly. Kyler Murray wants to, wants to be paid. Do the Cardinals want to commit long term to a quarterback that is hurt? Gets you know gets hurt. Now is kind of being pouty. They've already there's that Wentz. There's the room. There's the same thing that happened with Wentz is happening with Kyler Murray right now in Arizona. Look at it, it's playing out. He's he's a selfish person. He don't care about his teammates. He's not a good leader. All the stories that we heard about once in twenty eighteen, they're saying about Kyler Murray right now. Maybe Arizona, Steve Com, Steve Com got an extension. Kingsbury got an extension. Kyler Murray didn't get an extension. You See what I'm saying? So maybe mm-hmm. Arizona's, maybe Arizona's like, listen, we can go. Let's see what just happened with the Sean before we give this guy an extension, because if we can go out there and trade Kyler Murray on his rookie deal. And maybe a couple picks. they they still have their, they still have Deshaun they still have DeAndre Hopkins who played with Deshaun Watson in Houston. They have J.J. Watt who also played with Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins in Houston. They got James Conner. They have Zach Ertz. They have weapons. And now Seattle's another non-factor in that division. They just made the playoffs and they lost to the Rams. Yeah, but they just made the playoffs with the other two teams. In that division with San Francisco and the Rams, San Francisco is now going with Trey Lance. We don't know if Trey Lance is going to be able to be, you know, first year as a starter. Maybe that team takes a step back. See what I'm saying? So now you have the reigning Super Bowl champions in your division, and you have an opportunity to go get a still young and hasn't played in a year and a half, he's fresh quarterback. Why not? Tell me, tell
0: me, me, Tell me what you think, Jared um I think that's a big reach I really do I think it's a reach I, th- I think that's something you can draw conclusions from but I think it's a big reach to throw out the Cardinals I think you have a better chance trying to say hey Seahawks just got rid of Russell Wilson not got rid of I, let me backtrack. Russell Wilson just got rid of playing for the Seahawks he's now in the Broncos we'll talk about that in a minute mm-hmm. with that in mind hey the Seahawks need a QB why not go get Deshaun Watson? I see that being more feasible than the Cardinals going after Deshaun Watson. Okay. Just because of the, the sole fact that it, Kyle Murray is still a very good QB. You don't sacrifice that going after Deshaun Watson. You don't even know if he still plays football yet.
1: But here, That's why I, I, I preface everything by saying pending what his legal outcome is. I, I, I
0: know. I heard you say – you I heard you preface it. I did. And I don't think the fault of – it's not. I don't think it's the QB play that's at fault. I don't think it's really the money thing. I think it's the, the leadership quality they talk about with Kyle Murray. And, I, and I, me personally, I really feel like this Cardinals team would be so much better if they had a better head coach. I've said it numerous times. Okay, I, I think they'd be so much better. So I, I think with that in mind, they would much more likely, after this season, if they, Kyle Murray doesn't get the extension of the season, which I don't see it happening anyway, after the season, if they end up doing subpar again, they look to get a new head coach before they look to move on from Kyle Murray. So here's my problem with that is I, I
1: get they just gave him an extension. They could just fire him. I get that with Kingsbury. But why why commit to the GM, the head coach, not the quarterback, but the quarterback was the most vocal about getting an extension and getting paid, didn't get it. His, I think Kyler Murray's biggest bargaining chip would be, you know, I can just go play baseball, but he can't. So now <laughs> – <laughs> and not now because you know the A's would definitely take them now you have an opportunity now you have where arizona like i said looking around his division if they don't think kyle murray's the guy as far as 180 million dollar extension goes and deshaun watson could be a better fit or lesser or equal i'm sorry better or equal value for what you would pay him versus what you would get from him, why not? You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying, I'm just throwing, I'm not saying I know anything. I'm just kind of reading when I'm reading the room and I'm drawing conclusions, and you can tell me whether I'm off base or not. But I think as far as like what could happen, what possibly could happen, that's not out the realm of possibility.
0: It's not. You, you kind of wish at these moments that the NFL did a lot more three team trades. Because then you can just do for the so much more speculation throwing the Steelers involved in that trade trying because you know they're still looking to get a QB. Yeah, so even many
1: with, the, even with the Steelers, they're looking at they're looking at Houston too. And it's like, hmm, if I'm if I'm the Steelers and I'm Arizona or I'm a the New Orleans Saints or I'm looking at I'm I maybe want to upgrade my quarterback play. Right. Even if I'm the Eagles, even though I don't think it's happening, but just for argument's sake, right? Who you have to outbid these other teams? Who has the best? Who has the best bargaining chip? Pittsburgh uh, has a has a leap uh, early twenties first round pick, mm-hmm. so I don't think unless they given up first, third, fourth, whatever. I I don't know, unless he uh, unless Deshaun Watson says I'm going to waive everything to go there. New Orleans mid first you know mid first round pick. Eh. Uh, not really a lot of stuff they could probably give up. Arizona, if they want to move off Kyler Murray, here go Kyler Murray in the third. Oh, so now I'm, I got a better quarterback than Davis Mills, but they love Davis Mills, so whatever. But it's Kyler Murray. You can get the money, go pay Kyler Murray. You you can jumpstart your rebuild because when you look around that division, Kyler Murray would be the best quarterback in that division. Am I right? Mm-hmm. So now it's, Houston kind of – Houston now, instead of maybe being relevant again in maybe five years, maybe Houston's relevant again this year. You see what I'm saying? Maybe they take this opportunity to say, hmm, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to go get me an upgraded quarterback. And now Indianapolis doesn't have Wentz. Tennessee still has Tannehill. And Jacksonville, first year with Doug, second year with Trev. Maybe this is my opportunity now to go and make a run real quick. So, who knows? Who knows? But, Jared, talk to me a little bit about your boy Russ in Denver.
0: Man, I like that trade. I really did. I like it a lot. Um, What we saw was what? Russell Wilson got traded to the Denver Broncos for two first-round picks, two seconds, I believe, and a third? Or was even more than that? Because I know Drew Walk's in the trade, Noah Foss in the trade. I know that when you just look at how much – the seahawks received in the package i think the only complaint i would really have chris is that they received drew lock back because i'm just not a big drew lock supporter i think he's kind of showcased his strength as a QB and just not it's not it's not gonna get you over the hump but when you look at what the denver broncos just got back and the 33 year old wins in that i believe a fourth round pick it's it's huge for the broncos Mind you, they gave up their most valuable piece in the number nine overall pick in the 2022 draft. But getting Russell Wilson to go with that offense that showcased that they have the piece when it comes to receivers and Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton and KJ Hammer, who's going to return, Devonta Williams, maybe they'll re sign Melvin Gordon, Tim Patrick's there. They have the weapons on offense. I know losing the old fan, who's a was a good tight end, hurt them a little bit, but they, they have the O-line. Russ Wilson is going to do a lot of things with those receivers. It's going to look very good. The defense has been playing very well. They have a good defense. Russ Wilson going to a good situation. I think the Broncos can do something big. It's just man, they play in a very, very, very hard division. When you look at the Broncos' scheduling death chart every year, they're going to be playing. Russ Wilson is going to be playing Patrick Holmes twice a year. He's going to be playing Justin Herbert twice a year. And Chris might not like you to hear, but he will be playing Derek Carr twice a year. And those are all three good QBs, three teams that are all poised to make a run at any certain time. We just saw the Las Vegas Raiders beat out the Chargers for a playoff spot. So when I look at the Broncos, I'm thinking, man, Rush just went into a tough AFC West. Oh, badly. Bad. And I'm just like, I like what he has for that team. I think they can do something, but you're like, when you look at Russell Wilson, this is a, the Denver Broncos now have gone into the mentality with what the Rams just did. It's all in. This is boomer bust. When they, when you trade, when you make a trade for Russell Wilson and you put him in such a stout quarterback division.
1: Yeah. Cause you need to be able to compete. And before the, the, the Broncos biggest thing was they couldn't swing with these other guys. You know, you couldn't, you punching up to Derek Carr. you punching up to Justin Herbert. you punching up to Mahomes. Now with Wilson, it's more of a fair fight. You know, it's more even ground. Russell Wilson's been there, done that, won championships. So, you know, been to Super Bowls. So now you have an opportunity to have a quarterback that can mask a lot of your deficiencies, mask a lot of your, your issues that you may have that Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke couldn't. Now there's talks that Seattle's, you know, maybe moving Tyra Lockett. Maybe Lockett finds his way to Denver. Seattle also cut Bobby Wagner. Um, maybe they're moving Jamal Adams. Maybe they're doing a full total teardown of Seattle. So now you have a team in, in Denver that's poised to try to make a competitive run with a new cor- new coach, um, new players, new pieces. And that division, Kansas City struggled. For a good part of the regular season. yet I get they still made it to the AFC Championship game, which proves how good they are, but they struggled for a, a little bit in that season. You, know, you remember when they were, they were like losing games uncharacteristically and not really playing what we thought was their best football. You have a team like Denver now that can take advantage of that before, because Denver was like, all right, boom, we got Denver. We gonna, we're gonna get ourselves back together and, and start playing right. Now with that, like you got Russell Wilson on the other side. You can't do that. <laughs> so now you Thank got you. a team like Vegas who has a new coach in Sean and uh Josh McDaniels. Now you have to account for that if you're Kansas City. I don't know. I would I would take my chances with Denver in that division. No, yeah, I think especially because was- think about this. I don't mean to cut you off, but think about this. You know that Russell that, that moon ball they be talking about how Russell Wilson just throw it. It is is deep and it's high and it's like it's like a home run ball, you know, in baseball. It's like far, right? Imagine that thing in
0: Denver. He could probably think over oh, like seventy yards. Yeah, no, it's it's amazing. And you're not you look just look at the receiving core that team has. You don't have. They're not just guys that oh they're one dimensional. Jerry Judy and Cornell Sutton are inside out type of receivers. They can play in the slot they need to. They can run crossing routes, insides, hitch, fades. Those are guys that can catch the deep ball. To Patrick has shown that he's a very good receiver. They have the running game. That offense is bolstered with Russell Wilson now being added. They finally have the QB play that one can move out the pocket, which is what Teddy and Drew Rock both really couldn't do. But he has the accuracy to get the ball downfield as well. When you're talking about the Crystal 70, 80-yard bombs that he can just swing at will. I think now it really comes down to how well that defense plays. And can Russell Wilson in the clutch make the plays that are necessary? Because at times now, it's been he's lost those shootouts because it's just been too much for him and he's trying to put everything on his shoulders. Now he has the weapons, he has the O line. Tonight, it's, it's not everything has to be done by him. So we'll have to see how it goes from there. But I, I love the trade if you're Denver. I think they, that's the all in mentality you needed to get yourself a guy like Russell Wilson. I agree. I
1: agree. So, Jared, before we wrap everything up, is there anything else that you want to kind of add in? Anything you want to talk about, or we, you know, we hit all the bases and we good.
0: I know you wanted to briefly mention Chris, how, your, your feelings on the MLB lockout. I know that's something that you wanted to just briefly talk about.
1: Oh yeah, owners are greedy. Give up some of that money so we can get some baseball back. <laughs> that's that.
0: But other than that, no, that's yeah, that. I, I think that's enough. Yeah, that's
1: I, that. For me. I got one. I got one thing I didn't mention um, before when I talked. Remember, I asked you who I who you think uh, benefited the most by having Harden with the Sixers. And I mentioned Thibault. Here's the stat um, that I just saw while we were talking. Thibault has scored 41 points in 101 minutes playing with James Harden. Sheesh. He is scoreless. He is scoreless in 42 minutes without Harden on the floor. He's only taking three shots. So now you can't necessarily – you can't play Thibault. You have to play Thibault with Harden which is yeah. what a lot of people were saying when the trade happened, but that just proves it. Like, Thibault <laughs> with Harden, 41 points in 101 minutes. Without Harden, scoreless in the same amount of time. So,
0: Yeah, I think Thibault's. well, again, you know, my personal belief. I think Tobias well, is the X factor, I think Thibault, come playoff time, needs to be serviceable on the ball court. You've already went early, early in the podcast. You mentioned it a little bit, how great he's been playing. He needs to be serviceable because if you're – the, any NBA team looking at ball on the court and you don't believe in that jump shot or you, you're not worried about the, the off-the-ball screens and so they can run the the, the, the slashing he can do, then you're basically playing a four-on-five and we witnessed what the Sixers do when they play four-on-five. It's not pretty. It doesn't nope. when you play off games and it's going to hurt us in the long run. So if, if if James Harden can make Thibault manageable and usable, I'm all for it now because he's a great defender. He just needs to be on the court to do something on the offense to help his great defense.
1: I agree. I agree. So thank y'all for listening to episode number 97 and Straight to the Point. If you like what you hear, tell a friend to tell a friend. Please leave us a review on all your favorite podcast networks, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, all that. Um, We're still a five-star rated podcast on iTunes, so we appreciate the love and your guys' support. Make sure you follow us on all your favorite socials. It's at STTP Podcast. Make sure you follow me at underscore Chris Cross.
0: Follow me at underscore jw hughes. You already know. Follow the podcast for all the good content. Ask us some questions. Get our followers up. We try and get to seven hundred fifty followers and more. And let's get straight to the point as usual. And don't, that, forget, and,
1: and don't forget to follow Jared for his article six for six cents. Check his <laughs> page out. You know, you know. I'm here for the plugs, baby. It's cool. Yeah, I got the you. Plugs, saying, yeah, listen, listen, I got you. And make sure you check out all of our friends and 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 followers. And you know, we got some good business partners. We got some sponsorships coming back. You know, we 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 and loaded for this for this run here. So you know, episode one hundred coming soon. You know, we got we got to big, gotta go big, gotta go big. So <laughs> keep your eyes peeled for that. Let's get straight to the point. Let's do it.